Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Dark Travels hostess. Tonight, well, actually, last year for Halloween, I spoke of seven mysterious cryptids in North America as a special. Tonight, and following in suit of the topic, we're going to discuss five curious and mysterious cryptids of the United Kingdom. But joining me is husband Jeff. Yay! Hi. He's. Can you tell he's overwhelmed with enthusiasm? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tonight, like I said, we're going to discuss five cryptids. Do we need to explain what a cryptid is? Because I didn't know what a cryptid was. Well, I mean, you ask great questions. My understanding of a cryptid is one that is a animal type of a species that has not been scientifically accepted as a living breed species whatever you want to call it well in in uh, you know definition terms cryptids are animals which are generally believed to be legendary in mainstream biology i think that's what i said well sure jeffrey's words everyone else's words who knows so and these are animals that people have predominantly seen, claim to have witnessed, and some of these witnesses do tend to have similar descriptions and or experiences when they see these cryptids. So, in the United Kingdom, and again, the United Kingdom consists of a couple of different countries, obviously Britain, Wales, Scotland, Ireland, but predominantly Northern Ireland, so we're going to kind of bounce around, I think. All right. With my first cryptid, we're going to head to Cornwall, it, which is located in southwest Britain. And we're going to talk about the beast of Bowdoin Moor. Ho, 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 ho. In uh, 1978, in conjunction with the slew of animal mutilations, came sightings of more than 60 reports of a large cat-like creature with supposedly sharp, prominent teeth, yellow and white eyes, and appeared to be a cross between a domestic cat and a panther. And obviously, between the mutilated animals and the sightings, the police were called in to resolve the matter. Now, these sightings range from it being seen in great distances to people claiming that they've actually been chased by this scary, scary cat. You know, panther wannabe, who knows what it is. Beast of the Bowdoin Moor. And yes, people have even snapped pictures 
and have taken video, but nothing actually definitive has been concluded from them. Now, of course, people are continuously trying to take pictures and get video. I mean, we have phones with pictures capability, but video capability. That's the thing about cryptids and these types of events. It happens on their time. It doesn't happen on your time. So for all you know, you can reach for your phone and bam, the they're gone. They're gone. Yes. Now, these sightings actually attract the attention of the British government. And in 1995, basically 17 years after the first reports of this beast, the Ministry of Agriculture, Fisheries, and Food opened an official investigation. The two investigators that were in charge are Simon Baker and Charles Wilson. And, you know, they go around, they ask their questions, they collect statements, I'm assuming. Detectives. Right. Go around and be detectives. But, I mean, hopefully they kind of poked around to see if they can find anything of you know, physical evidence. And so they finalized their report, and on July 19th, 1995, they basically say, we can't find any verifiable evidence of any type of exotic felines loose in Britain. And we do believe that the mauled animals, the farm animals, have been attacked by common indigenous species. And they basically said, we don't have evidence to prove the existence, but we also don't have evidence to prove that they're not here. So they try to play that middle ground. So it's like, who knows? They might be here, they might not. Right. We don't know. Something killed these animals, though. Correct. Correct. Now. Coyotes. I'm sure the locals were like, yeah, sure, whatever, governor. (laughs) We know what we saw. I mean, because the sightings are going on for years, from 1978, even to the point where the government comes in in 1995. I mean, that's almost 20-some-odd years, 19 years. Almost 20 years. So, right after they make the statement on July 19, 1995, on July 24th, in 1995, a small boy was walking along the banks of the Fauri River, and he finds a large cat skull just lying on the ground. The skull itself measures from four inches long to seven inches wide. The skull was lacking its lower jaw, but it still had like three sharp prominent canines on the upper portion that suggested that it was an actual leopard. So the skull gets examined by the Natural History Museum in London by a team of entomologists and zoologists. They confirm that it is actually a genuine skull from a young male leopard. However, they also explain that the leopard had been imported to Britain as part of a leopard skin rug, maybe ring scenario. An illegal animal import Potential, potential. Mm. And they explain that they know that the leopard was killed somewhere else and transported there because in their examination of the skull, they found an egg case inside the skull that had been laid, the egg had been laid by a tropical cockroach that is not found or is native to Britain. So they found a cockroach egg in the skull, and that's how they knew it came from somewhere else? Correct. Okay. Then they also pointed out the fact that 
the skull was clean in a way that would be commonly used as a head of a rug. Okay. Um, in addition to that, there was also like cutting marks on the skull where basically the flesh had been scraped off with a knife. And this is, you know, disturbing and sick and sad because this poor leopard didn't ask for this kind of a fate. Despite this, though, in 1995, the sightings actually continue. And they actually conduct a second investigation in December of 1997. Again, because there are still problems with the farm animals being mauled or bitten. And on top of that, there's droppings now. You know, curious poop, right? Poop. Poop. And photographs. Again, and and people kind of wised up. So... You know, in 1995, we didn't have cell phones. We do now. Did they check the poop? I don't. I, I'm in theory they should have. I mean, I, I don't know about at that time, right? But now they could check the poop for, for DNA. DNA. Yeah. You know, maybe they could find out what the poop's from at least. But going back to taking the pictures because they actually had new photographic evidence, people actually started using binoculars to zoom in on their camera so that they could get pictures from a faraway distance, which I actually do think is rather clever of them. And the evidence basically showed at least one pregnant female jaguar. So, I, again... A jaguar? A jaguar-looking... Okay, I was going to say. Okay. So... But they don't know exactly what it was. It just looks like a jaguar? Right. Because I, I don't know, but do you know, are jaguars, like, I thought they from were that black. area? No, they're not native to Britain. I was going to say... And usually they're they usually they are black, right? I mean, everyone I've seen. And in addition to the poops, the pictures, and the bite marks, and the animals, there's actually a video that comes out in 1998 of a black animal looking like a big cat and appears to be at least three and a half feet long and just roaming all naturally like a cat would. So of course. Over these decades of the sightings, the British people, over their pints, start to formulate theories, which anybody would. One of them being the most popular is that the cats or cats were once privately owned by individuals or private zoos, and they were released and or escaped from their private collections or zoos. And they even kind of point the finger at a woman named Mary Chipperfield who owned a circus in the 1970s and presumably released three pumas into the wild following the closure of her zoo in Plymouth in 1978. Then there's another theory that it was actually a Dartmouth Dartmouth. Dartmouth Zoo that had done it. And someone in 2016 actually said, yeah, it was us, guys. We did it in the 1980s. And we're just, you know, coming clean. Let the cats out? Right, back 1986. But that doesn't explain 1978. Correct, correct. Uh, again, who knows? So, is it, you think it's possible, maybe? Just a quick question for you. Maybe some were released, somebody released some prior, sometime in like 78 or prior, and then if they released some other cats in the 80s, maybe they, they got to get right. together and made babies. Some hybrids, yeah. So maybe that's what these... Anything's... Honestly, I don't know. But that's possible. Non-native bastard cats running around are? Right. So I actually do believe in the possibility that it is actually a species of a wild cat. Maybe potentially have gone extinct or thought to have gone extinct 
in Britain many, many years ago that managed to survive on the moors of Cornwall. Once a year, we hear of an animal thought to be extinct. It just went into serious motherfucking hiding because the humans almost killed them. Yeah, I I understand that, but I believe that it's probably more likely that the circus let somebody out or some private person let some out, and then you just had somebody said they let some out in 86, so maybe somebody let some out, or maybe there was... Some that did survive some kind of, that were thought to be extinct. And the ones they let out in 86 mated with the old ones. Right. And, and now we got. Hybrids. Hybrids and nobody knows what the hell they are because they've never seen them before. It's possible. And they can't catch them. Anything's possible. So that's my first United Kingdom cryptid. Well, I have a kind of interesting one, but it's one that I have a hard time believing is even real because there's not. In the, all the research I did, there's not a whole lot of evidence about it at all. Okay. In fact, I only found one video, and it was the the date on the video was December seventh, two thousand fourteen. It's on YouTube. So we're talking seven years ago. The guy's name is James Button. It's in Wales. I'm not sure how to say Lanelli, Wales, but he up and he had a sheep farm or worked at a sheep farm or his house look overlooked a sheep farm or something. Okay, so he was sheep. There were sheep in the view of the window he was okay. looking out. The video shows what appears to be a white unicorn. I mean, it's it's got it, to me. It looks like a horse that somebody put something. Who knows? It it appears to be a white unicorn. What's the white unicorn doing? It's eating grass or, or is it shaking its head like trying to get the horn off? I didn't notice that. No. Okay. No. So the sh- is the sheep with the unicorn? Yes, there's a couple of sheep. Okay. With okay. It. So everyone is just cool. They're just yeah, hanging they're out. They're just hanging out, and this. And it's not a very long video, and it's kind of grainy, so I have no idea. In my research, I did read that some people believe that the unicorn once was a real species that was basically hunted to extinction for its its horn. Well, in their folklore, and even in British tapestry, or... Like the coat of arms and things. Right. right? There are unicorns. unicorns. Yeah. So, again, I mean, it's entirely possible that they were hunted and slaughtered and either went to the brink of extinction or were extinct. Who knows? Yep. I have a hard time believing it. My skeptical mind says that it was just some some poor college kid went out there and paper mache a, a horn on the horse's head and okay. went back in the house and took a video. Right. But, you know, I don't know. All right. And you said you saw it on YouTube? It was on YouTube, yep. And the date was? December 7th, 2014. All right. The Wales. The Welsh. The Wales unicorn. The Welsh unicorn. Yep. Okay. That's your, that's your first? That's the first one I have. Okay. My second one, we're going to head over to Kingston-upon-the-Hall, or Hall for short. So, this one's pretty interesting in my opinion, because I'm kind of eh about the topic of werewolves. I kind of, I don't know. I totally believe they exist. I, I kind of, I'm, I'm not a non-believer, but I, I think I'm kind of maybe eh. Do, do you believe, though, that people turn into werewolves or that they're just Yes, they werewolves? would have to. You think so? I think so. Okay. So speaking of werewolves, obviously, we're going to talk about the sightings of a werewolf in the whole region. And these sightings go as far back as the 12th century. So just a little bit of history. Wolves as a species were eradicated by the time Henry II took the throne. 
I mean, they're gone and just slaughtered, which is really kind of sad. But the tales of werewolf sightings never cease. They just continue. In fact, one such tale begins in the 18th century, so we're talking the 1700s, where people actually spotted a werewolf whom they dubbed the Yorkshire Beast. And the more they kind of saw him and were in close proximity, they actually ended up calling him Old Stinker because (laughs) apparently he had really stink-ass breath. And he obviously had poor hygiene. So his general vicinity stank. So even if they weren't breathing his breath, they were smelling his stench. Right. So he gets the moniker Old Stinker. Old Stinker. I like it. Now, aside from his stink-ass breath, Old Stinker is supposedly reported to have bright, glowing red eyes. He can stand up to eight feet tall on his hind legs and has a very powerful tail that he uses as a weapon. And it is said his favorite form of attack is actually to hide in the bushes and the trees and the shrubbery and basically bushwhack people traveling and or, you know, chilling in their stagecoaches and your basic on-foot travelers. So he's like, you know, he hears them coming down the road and is like, mm. So here's a question. Is there any, like, tales, stories, whatever? Because, you know, now you, when you get bit by a werewolf, you turn into one. Oh. Uh, so is there no. any of that from back then? No, but then? that's a great question. Nobody has confessed to being bitten by the werewolf and hence, com- you know, com- not converted, but transformed. Hmm. Now... That story, again, was the 1700s, so over time, it his stories kind of become like lore. It was like something that happened a long time ago, must be dead now scenario. Definitely no real definitive or fresh stories until 1960. And in 1960, according to a truck driver, as he was just happened to be trucking along, you know, outside of Hull or Kingston upon Hull, his vehicle actually gets viciously attacked again by an eight foot tall werewolf with it standing on its hind legs and it had glowing red eyes and by attack the werewolf actually smashes the windshield of the truck before it's like a smash and dash. Smashed it and then ran. Correct. Off into the woods. Now this actually triggers a series of other claims of sightings, in particularly in the vicinity of Barmstone Drain, which is in the town of Beverly, which is actually close to the whole woods. And this even includes a reported sighting of December 2015. A woman who was in the vicinity of this drain, saw this wolf, like, standing upright, and he was walking, and then it kind of bent down. So she kind of, like, leans forward and kind of see what's going on, and he bends down to, like, all fours like a dogwood, and then he basically vaults over the 30-foot embankment and is gone. So she's like, oh, my God, what the fuck was that? Because, you know, they say, you know, what the fuck in 2015. (laughs) Or that's at least something I would say. And... In addition to her, a couple that was taking a walk in the wooded area by the drain 
were like, hey, babes, let's just hold hands. Love you, love you, hold my hand. And as they're walking along, they see a very tall, hairy beast that has a snouted face. And and again, I'm not sure how it is they know that this tail is powerful, but this beast is hunched over what appears to be a dead German shepherd, and the beast is eating it like lunchtime, which I, I kind of find a little disturbing because the canine is still its own kind. But they got to eat. He's hungry. Well, that's what pigs and chickens are for. Either way, when the creature realizes that it's been spotted, it supposedly picks up the carcass of this German shepherd. And German shepherds are heavy dogs. Pretty big dogs, yeah. With its jaws and runs off with this poor dog in its mouth, jumping over an eight-foot fence in the process. Now, right, that's pretty freaking scary. That's very scary, yeah. Now, another report that I came across was that of a woman who was delivering pizzas. She's driving along, and she notices this huge, muscular, and I'm going to just use the quote, dog-like creature covered in cream and gray fur and had an expressive human-like face following her car, but like walking on its hind legs. So like like running along, trotting along. Running along on its hind legs? Yeah. I was going to ask, was it on all four? No. Or was it not? So it's running next to her, following her car. Right, because he probably smells the pizza. With a, with a dog body, but a human face, S- and running snout, on yeah. legs. Right. Okay. And then another report, just to mention, is that they, there was this... People driving, and they saw this creature eating something fluffy by the side of the road. And fluffy, so like another dog or a rabbit, or I don't know, they didn't really say. So, you know, passerbyers, pizza delivery people, lovers holding hands. Love, 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 love. But the sightings actually really kick into high gear in early 2016, and it literally starts to make headlines and make the news. In modern-day Britain. And at this point in time, people start forming actual search parties. And because of technology, you know, they're armed with cameras. They want to be evidence-ready and show proof. Because, again, the locals know what they're seeing. And they know when something's not right. And it's a real shit show sometimes when the government, who has no idea what it's like to live in their community, comes in and says, you guys are all crazy. Well, you don't fucking live here. Kind of scenario. I imagine it's like that for the British as well. But I don't know. I'm not British. Point is, despite these groups of people creating search parties, I still actually haven't been able to find any actual videos of potential sightings. So I I actually think that this is quite possible. Yeah. Why not? So. I mean, it, it could be. I mean, it's one of those kind of fairy tale type thing. Not, not a fairy tale. Not if exactly, you're eating a German shepherd. No. Like, it's one of those, you know, legendary, mythical things. Could be real. I believe that it's possible, but I've never seen one, never had an experience other than TV shows. But Well, I do know that the belief has been so real in the existence of werewolves that people have been tried in court and executed. Because they thought they were werewolves? The person was a werewolf. And in Paris, there are these gates with two statues of werewolves, and the gates were erected. To keep the werewolves out. So, again, we can say mythology. We can say, you but know. But at some point, somebody thought they were to for real. To the point real. where they, you know, 
put these statues up yeah. to protect the city right. from invasions of werewolves. So, yeah. so that's my second cryptoid of the United Kingdom. Cryptoid or cryptid? So that's my second cryptid. Oh, okay. Same thing. My next one, let's talk about old, old Black Shuck. Or they call him Old Shuck or Old Shock or just Shuck. He's a cryptid seen in the East Anglia area. Not sure where that's at. That's just what I found. I think it's like the east of London, maybe northeast of London. I'm going to go with east. So there's apparently a lot of ghostly black dogs reported in the British Isles. Some people believe they are an omen of death for either the witness, the person who sees them. Right. Or a close relative. Okay. Or maybe somebody's going to get seriously sick. Okay. You know. So basically bad juju omen. Bad juju, yeah. Okay. So if you see old Shuck, something bad's going to happen. All right. That's the belief. Okay. However, sometimes there's also stories of old Shuck that he accompanies women home on their way home from like a protector kind of thing. Okay. And like a watchdog. Yeah, like kind of like a watchdog. It's also There's also legends that he has actually helped lost travelers find their way home. And so sometimes people think, He's more helpful than he is threatening. Okay, but so there's a mixture. stories of both. Okay, a right. mixture. Combo. Yeah. He's a combo dog. But the name Shuck is believed to come from the Old English words, I'm not sure how to say it, skuka, skuka, meaning demon. Sucka. Sucka, yeah, but it's S-C-U-C-C-A. Right. H is Sucka. silent. <laughs> there's no H. S-C. I know, but shock, shucka. S- yeah, suka, sucka, whatever, something like that. Okay. Anyways, it means demon, or another possibility is it comes from a word shucky, which in some local dialects means shaggy or hairy. Okay. So, kind of two different ideas there. With that nasty beard, you're kind of, sh- was it shaggy? Kind of shucky? Yeah, kind of shucky. Okay. I like my nasty beard, so <laughs> whatever. Okay, go ahead. People have been talking about this cryptid for centuries. So what does he look like? What is old? Old Chuck is just this big black dog with one big red eye. Oh. Like, like a cyclops, kind of. It's got one big red eye. Okay. Yeah. But other people say it's a big green eye, or some people say it has two eyes, but the most common is one big red eye. So like a cyclops dog. Like a cyclops dog, exactly. Okay. All right. Some say he's as big as a calf. Others the size of a horse. So not a whole lot of definitive no. descriptions. And here. sometimes okay. he's he's a headless dog. Ew. Or he's floating on a, a carpet of mist. Okay. Well, so I, I, there's a whole It's a whole new thing. world. Uh-huh. But he likes to hang out in the East Anglia area. His favorite hot spots are the coastline, graveyards, side roads, crossroads, bodies of water, and dark forests. Bodies of water. Well, he's probably thirsty. He could be. Okay. The the biggest sighting of him was a lot of years ago. Actually it was in August fourth of fifteen seventy seven. And according to the to the, the witness, while they were in church, Shuck in like a clap of thunder, he burst through the door and he ran through the middle of the church. So he timed it perfectly with with dramatic weather effects? Yes, yes. Okay. I don't know how he did this, okay. but he did. Maybe he's like God or something. I don't okay. know. But he ran through the church, past a bunch of people, until he eventually attacked a man and a boy, ripping their throats out. Then another big crash of thunder, and the church steeple fell through the roof of the church onto the floor in the church. So lots of lots of dramatics going right. on here. And then he ran back out the church. 
And as he ran back out to church, he left, like, burning scorch marks on the door, which are still there at this particular church. It was the Holy Trinity Church in Blythburg. Where this whole thing transpired? Yes, where this whole thing went down. And all the research that still says that those scorch marks are still there on the door. So 550 years. Well, 1577, yeah. Yeah. So almost 550 years ago. Not quite. Interesting. Okay. So later, the uh, Mr. Shuck is said to burst into another church in Bungay and made a similar attack. Okay. I don't know where Bungay is, but I it's probably you. near Blythburg. Right. So did it happen like on the same day? Yes. So he, he was Apparently like... Apparently it happened the same day. Okay. So it kind of sounds like he had a couple of targets he needed to take out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't find any information about the one in, in, in Bungay. Okay. But I assume maybe it was the same style. It burst in through loud thunder and went, ran past. With the crash of lightning. Crash of lightning and killed a couple of, of people and then ran out. Is it a crash of? Crash of lightning. No. No. A crash. flash of lightning. Flash of lightning, crash of thunder. crash of thunder. Okay. Yes. yes. So then what? What happened after that? Are we talking? I didn't really find any more after that. But the next thing that I found is also there's reports of him being like a protector. Okay. So, again, the mix, the combo mix. Yeah. So, there's a young man and his name was Johnny. Johnny needed to ride through a woods in the darkness for a good mile. And at the entrance of the wood, he was joined by a black dog. The dog simply kept pace right next to him the whole time he was was non-threatening. Yeah, non-threatening. Okay. He just simply walked with him. And when Johnny made his return trip, the jog joined him again. So he was going somewhere. I don't. It, I couldn't figure out where he was going. Okay. But when he was coming back from wherever he was going, presumably maybe going back home now, the dog joined him again through the woods. And that was it. He just jumped in the woods and, and disappeared. Right. But the clincher, a few years later, two prisoners who were about to die confessed that they had been planning to rob and murder Johnny that night. Oh. In the wood, because they knew he was going to go there. Okay. So they were going to rob and murder him. But the presence of the large dog stopped them. So there, th- that story, obviously, now has a little bit of... Johnny is a little bit more believable that now that two other people came forward and said, yeah, we were going to kill Johnny that right. night. He had... Right, 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 right. You have, three di- you have two different perspectives with three different witnesses. Right. Okay. Maybe it's the dog. Maybe it's not a dog. It recognizes when somebody's in trouble. Right. Or not in trouble. And maybe but it's just a killer. definitely acting like a, a protector. Right. Maybe it's just a killer dog that has some good instinct some in him well, sometimes. Well, I mean, do we know anything about the people he killed in the churches? Nothing. Okay, well, there's no guarantee that those people are good people anyway. Could have been horrible people. <laughs> not everybody. Most, And I would say most people that go to church are probably horrible people. But okay. that's uh-huh. my opinion. All right. Not much into religion myself. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My last cryptid is the Owl Man. Since the 1920s, the people of Cornwall, again, back with Cornwall, the people in the area of Cornwall have claimed to have seen the Owl Man. But it's not until April 17, 1976, when two young girls, June and Vicky Melling, were on holiday in the area, and they claim to see this creature hovering above a church tower in Malwyn Smith. Now, these girls get so freaked out 
about what they see. Their dad, his name is Don, supposedly cuts their holiday short and leaves the Cornwall area immediately. So here you have these two girls just like, oh, my God, this is what we saw. Oh, my God, we saw. This owl man. Owl man. What, what, what did do you have a description? Well, we're getting to that. Oh, okay. Sorry. Jumped in the gun. Correct. Now, 10 weeks later, on July 3rd, 14-year-old Sally Chapman is actually camping with her friend Barbara Perry. They're camping in the woods near the church. And according to Sally, she kind of like, she comes out of her tent. She's standing there. And she hears this hissing sound. So she turns to see what's causing the noise and she sees a figure that looks like an owl as big as a man with pointy ears and red eyes. Then the girls see this creature basically fly into the air revealing black pincher-like claws. And on July 4th, the very next day, a third sighting is reported. And the people who are like, oh, my God, I saw this. He describes the owl man as being very silvery gray in color. And, I mean, sightings are going on enough, but definitely two years later, there's actually a reporting of the owl man in June of 1978 and again in August of 1978. But the clincher is is that all these reported sightings are within the vicinity of the church. Now, the owl man, as you asked, is described as standing as tall as five feet with pointed ears, like I said, red eyes, pincher-like claws. He's known to have high ankles and large crab claws for feet and, again, with the glowing eyes. But his large wingspan is covered in like a grayish-brown feathers, just like the rest of his body and his legs. So what does he have for feet? You said he had crab claws for hands or crab claws for feet or both? I'm thinking he has large crab claws for feet because that was the description that I saw. But he also, like on his hands, for his hands, he has like like claws. Now... It's interesting because there's a long-lasting theory that the Alman only appears to young women because everybody I listed were young women, young girls. And in addition to that, it's young women, young girls, were reporting sightings of not only the creature, but seeing a strange glob of floating light over the, the Mawan church, again, the same church, with like orange red color eyes and you know the owl man's eyes are slanted and they are bright red and on top of all of this the creature what they're seeing makes owl like sounds from its apparently black mouth now with regards to the sightings being near the town church it's a common understanding that towers are a perfect place for common owls to nest to rest to just exist in i don't know if he's acting on instinct or following his brethren the brethren owl of owls yes now again the initial most modern sightings took 
place between 1976, which was a great year in America, and 1977. Another great year. Well, there's some people. Uh, <laughs> there's was also, strangely enough, a large number of UFO sightings in the region, as well as sightings of the Cornish sea serpent, Amargua, as well as, again, sightings of the Cornish mysterious big cats. So those years were a lot of cryptids. Right. In those years. The years of the cryptids, yes. Those two years. A couple of great years. Right. And because of these strange occurrences happening at the same time, the British, you know, they, they like to associate the Owl Man to the American Mothman because very similar occurrences were happening, not necessarily at the same time frame of 1976 to 1977, but the UFO sightings, there were a lot of UFO sightings going on with the Mothman. But the only difference that I can tell based on my research is when Americans saw the Mothman, something bad happened. That does not seem to be the case for the Owlman in Britain. Now, like I said before, there was actually a theory that only women saw the Owlman, and this theory seemed perfectly sound until 1989. When a man that the investigators referred to as Gavin, I'm using air quotes because that's what it was written up in my research that I saw, and his girlfriend, they claimed to have seen him. No other real information was provided for that. On top of that, now we have a guy seeing it. It's not just people from the UK that actually sees it. Supposedly, in 1995, a female tourist from Chicago, an American, had... A similar experience to the point where she actually even wrote to the Western Morning News regarding her experience in seeing the Owlman. I mean, and she even describes him as a man bird with a ghastly face, wide mouth, glowing eyes, and pointy ears, and clawed wings. So maybe those are those pincher claws. On the, probably like on the ends of his wings or something. Right. And again, I mean, there's been sporadic sightings of the Owlman in, again, the vicinity of this particular church. Again, in 77, 79, 89, and again, e- Everything's around that one church, though? Right. Like, everywhere that, everybody that's seen him has said that specific church. Well, in the area, but yeah. I mean, I've been to England and Ireland, and I know from my experience, and this may not be what it is for all towns, I'm not going to say that, but the church tends to kind of be like the center or the center, yeah. I a, noticed that a, a pretty prominent building in the townships. Yeah, I noticed that when when we went on our honeymoon, like in in Bruce, mm-hmm. in in the old section of Bruce, the church was like the biggest, tallest building there. Right, and supposedly people can still hear owl-like sounds at night up until at least the year 20,000 or the year 2000. So here again, you know, these cryptids are, you know, being seen even on modern day. But again, I'm not really seeing a whole lot of, but in 2000, I'm not sure if cameras, maybe they probably were. I think cell phones were just, like starting, starting to out. be popular right. in 2000. I think that's about the time as an adult when I got my first cell phone was about 2000. 
as a responsible adult. So that's it. That's what we have for the United Kingdom. Five cryptids. All right. On to business. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. I have a Facebook page, and if you are curious or interested and would like to join, send me a request. However, if you have a place that you would someday like to see where their dark corners are or have a specific cryptid you'd like for us to cover, send me an email at wherethedarkcornersare at gmail.com. Final thoughts, husband Jeff? Lots of scary cryptids out there. And, you know, Britain is, you know, a small but mighty island. Well, I mean, it's joined by Wales and Scotland. And I, when I started the research, I was really kind of surprised at how much and how diverse these cryptids were by comparison to, like, Europe or Australia. So I was, I'm impressed, Britain. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, very cool. However, until next time, please remember, only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why I... Hope to meet you where the dark corners are. <laughs>